Hey everyone, this is Andrew. Before we get started with our New Year's special, first let me tell you a little bit about our sponsor, GoDaddy. GoDaddy hosting plans are now more powerful than ever. Best of all, plans start at just $3.95 a month, and no matter what plan you choose, your site receives 24-7 maintenance and protection in the GoDaddy.com world-class data center. I use them for my personal website, andrewsims.com, and although it's still under construction, I know that GoDaddy has some of the best affordable hosting plans online. Use them for your upcoming website or podcast today by using special offer from MuggleCast and GoDaddy. Enter code MUGGLE, that's M-U-G-G-L-E, when you check out and save an additional 10% on any order. Get your piece of the internet today at GoDaddy.com. This is MuggleCast, episode 22, for January 1st, 2006. Hello everyone, and welcome to the show. This is the place where we bring you the latest in Harry Potter news, theories, discussions, blah 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 blah. I am Andrew Sims. I am Ben Chain. Happy New Year, I'm Eric Skull. I'm Kevin Steck. I'm Laura Thompson. And I'm Micah Tenenbaum. And before we go anywhere else, first let's have Micah update us on the past week's top Harry Potter news stories. Thanks, Andrew. A lot of of end-of-the-year awards here for the boy wizard. Harry Potter came in at number 9 on Entertainment Weekly's list of the top entertainers of 2005, and Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince grabbed the number 7 spot on the list of the top 10 fiction books over the past year. The book also grabbed number 8 on USA Today's list of the top 10 books of 2005 and came in first in a USA Today poll voted on by the fans to choose their favorite book of the year. Blog Pulse has released their end-of-the-year list for 2005 and Harry Potter topped the charts in the category of Most Blog Person, placing ahead of Britney Spears and President Bush. The book cover for Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince was named Top Image, and the Goblet of Fire trailer came in fourth for top video. Through January 1st, works of U.S. Potter book illustrator Mary Grand Prix will be exhibited in the Art Insights Gallery in Leesburg, Virginia. The gallery will donate some of the money from sales of Grand Prix's artwork to the First Star Charity. Wrapping it up just in time for the holidays, J.K. Rowling has updated her official site, and it seems she's been extremely busy. The Harry Potter author has made changes to the rumor section and rubbish bin, as well as edit a brand new fact poll. Be sure to read her new diary on the main page as well, as she has promised to update it almost daily as she begins writing the final book over the course of the upcoming year. That's all the news for this January 1st, 2006 edition of MobileCast. Have a happy new year. So welcome everyone to our new year special. We're the first podcast of I- 2006. I hope so. I hope we are. That's what we aim for. Yeah, but but when so are welcome. we aiming for it? Eastern time? Uh, GMT? I'm going to release this at 12.01 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. See, we should, We're going to be the first American release oh, podcast okay. of 2006. I was going to say, we should do it for the first time zone that hits 12.01, which is New That'd Zealand. That'd be kind of hard. So. I don't think so. That's 16 hours, so we'd ahead. have to do it. But anyway, this is our New Year's show. We had planned on having Jamie here, but... Um, he, he he has something to do. Yeah, he was supposed to be on up until an hour and a half ago. But that's okay, because we have another full house of people. This week, Micah taking his place. Um, So, we're going to... We have a lot of New Year's stuff to talk about. Um, 
lost the chain of thought. First off, first, well, I was just trying to think what we're going to do first. First off, it's a New Year's special of Ben's Top Ten list. Thanks, Andrew. Well, this week's list is Snape's Top Ten New Year's Resolutions. Number ten, get over his childhood grudges. Number nine, find a girlfriend. Number eight, wash his hair. Number seven, decide on his true affiliation. Number six, get a nose job. Number five, oh. use clear cell for his greasy face. Number four, kiss and make up with Harry. Number three, Eric. Number two, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> put a flower on Dumbledore's grave. And the number one, and Snape's number one New Year's resolution is to get a tan. And some of you may think, well, these da, don't da, sound da, very da, realistic, da. but we all know most New Year's we resolutions all can hope. don't come true. So, <laughs> yeah. Eric? And speaking of New Year's resolutions, should we go over ours now? This is the time to celebrate. This is the time to back off of the regular Munglecast for a minute. What are our New Year's resolutions? Munglecast New Year's resolutions, resolutions or Well, I have a Munglecast news New Year's resolution. <laughs> How many times did he say? Come on. <laughs> I can't. That's news the problem. New Year. What is that? Uh, well, let's let's go around the table. I'll, I'll start. My New Year's resolution is to have, by the end of 2006, 100,000 MuggleCast subscribers. Is that so much to ask? <laughs> I don't think so. No, I there's 6.5 billion people in the world, so... Well, we're almost there. We're almost there. We're at, what, okay. 7? My New Year's resolution... Something like that. Well, first of all, is to stop eating so much Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> Why then? Ben trying to cut back, because trying to cut back on that Sonic. That's not good for my heart. My second <laughs> New Year's resolution is to meet Emma Watson. Okay, go. You, Kevin. Um, my New Year's resolution is uh, get rich and take over the world. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My my New Year's resolution is, is stop get- talking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but my New Year's resolution is to get rich and take over the world first. Boom. That was lame. Laura? Right. Um, my only New Year's resolution would be to write more. Write more? Yeah, write more. I don't write So as you're much going to I write should. a book? I've been writing since I was a kid, so yeah. So See, have I, actually. So she, she wants to publish. You oh yeah, I I want to be a published author, definitely. I do. That's inspiring. Mike and She's the next J.K. Rowling. <laughs> I wish. Uh, I would say to uh, to sweep out the transcript dungeon. There's a lot of uh, stuff that's piled up down there. <laughs> oh, you're such a jokester, Mike Tan. Now now let's take a moment to take a look back at the top Harry Potter stories of 2005. Obviously, the first two that come to mind would be the Half-Blood Prince being released and uh, movie. the Goblet of Fire movie being yep. released. But the stories that surrounded it, though, there were quite a few. Mm. Yeah. Of course, with Half-Blood Prince. Half-Blood Prince was fun. They're leading up to it, and yeah, it was fun. Not uh, Working on the site, you know, just providing everyone with this information. But there was a lot of scams, too, that happened. Yeah. Kevin Stack oh. tried to steal a copy from his local Walmart. I did. Yes, I oh, did. Kevin, that he was, was terrible. Then, no, he reali- got then he realized he could get the book online anyway. I easier. was successful. I typed three of the chapters and put them online. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, but there, there, um, 
of course, the biggest story uh, that occurred was when the man, there was a guy in Britain who stole a copy and he he put, he had a gun in, in there's a whole shooting thing involved and it was really serious and then from there on we kept getting reports of lots of bookstores putting out their uh, books early. I can't believe Jamie did that though. Can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has, he has his court date. His court date oh, yeah, is, that is so today. Funny. That's... Um, yeah, for those no, of you but... who are really wondering why Jamie hasn't been on lately, He's that would be court. why. He's been on probation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, college um, was just what he told. He paid us to tell tell you. So that. Ben, um, so we want to share a uh, story with everyone right now, Ben and I. Okay, we're, well, we're gonna well, we're, hold on. I'll wait, start. let me set this up. Okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna be speaking for the first time since this tragic incident, and um, it's well, just really hard to speak about it because it's very difficult for we, all of us. We were duped. It's not fun to get an early sneak peek at Half Blood Prince <laughs> and then have to turn it into Scholastic. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that. So Ben. You talk yeah. well. It I all started on. One, one bright June day. It was just a few weeks prior to the release of Book Six, early July maybe. And well, one day we got an email, and never believe what was attached to this email. Three scans of the opening pages of the sixth Harry Potter book. Well, after after reading these pages, it was the first chapter about the the other minister. We were we were flipping out pretty hardcore. We're like, oh, I want more right now and stuff. And well, I called up Scholastic and I talked to a representative from there and I said, well, um, I work on the fan site MuggleNet.com and we just got sent scans from the opening pages and I thought you guys might want to know about it. And the representative basically flipped out and started calling all these lawyers and they were calling me every five minutes and it was pretty cool actually and. <laughs> and well, it wasn't cool for them because they had a big mess on their hands. But it was kind of cool that, you know, like it was really exciting for a second there. And yeah, and over the next few days, Andrew and I pretty much became scholastic cops. And we, <laughs> scholastic, every was, yeah. Every time there was a, every time someone broke the embargo, we heard about it. We were calling up scholastic, being like, y- you may hey. not want to tell them this because this is going to be like the last time you ever receive. Any advanced, kind of exactly kind of, any advanced information. That's okay. Then I'll we start. We never did them. receive any advanced, yeah. except for the first three pages of the book. Yeah, nothing well, big. That know. wasn't from Scholastic. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying the fans are never going to want to. Oh, oh, please. That's true. Please. Essentially, essentially, what they're trying to say. If we're going to six Scholastic. Andrew on and Ben ratted you guys out. <laughs> and they were trying to get you. Listen, they were trying to get you. We arrested. Were, we were protecting yeah. the books for so, the good of the people. Right, Me and Ben spent a lot of time on figuring out where those three pages the, came the, from. And in the end, shh, listen, Kevin, I'm I'm making a breakthrough here. We did find out who where these came from because there was a sticker on the book and we looked it up and we did all this blah, blah, Google searching and all that. I, I think the worst thing that happened was receiving that email saying, what was it, a new picture from the movie or a magazine scan – 
And I opened it and highlighted and circled in big letters was Dumbledore dies on the scanned page of Half Blood Prince. Oh <laughs> right no, now. you're kidding me! Oh. I no, what happened was oh that sucks. Was, I was yeah, <laughs> I was I a little upset. That, I won't lie. When I found out it was Dumbledore that died, I was in I was at Spellbound the the, the oh were you party that Muggle oh I kn- I knew well before I was, then. I was at well. What happened was. I was sitting behind Damon Brangers, one of our senior systems manager, at his hotel room, and he opens up the window, and he moves to the side, and he points at it, and it says, Snape kills Dumbledore, and I looked at Damon, and I said, I probably used a few swear words, I said, well, dude, (laughs) what is your problem? Why would you show me that? He said, you were going to find out anyway, and I was like, it was really depressing, and then... What was really fun, though, was that Spellbound, during the party, we were down in the basement, like, running the media stuff, and Matt Vines from VeritasTheorem.com was down there, and I, I, told, I, I told him I knew who died in the book, and he was like, do not tell me, do not tell me, and he was basically being a big spaz about it, and I'd be like, well, guess who dies, and then he'd, he'd run around the room screaming like a little girl, <laughs> and then I, I told Mike from com who dies, and he started flipping out, and then... Matt was so scared that I was going to tell him that he ran away, and then yeah, it was I, really I was, I was actually pretty upset that I found out. It was like a week or two before the book's release. It yeah, really Kevin, was... Kevin, hadn't I talked to you or, or somebody on the on the? Uh, it was like a few hours before the release, and I called one of you guys, and you were I asked for hints and stuff. Was that I, any of you? I'm not sure if it was me. I remember before the uh, release of the book, Andrew and Emerson was calling me about Warner Brothers, because <laughs> Warner Brothers was... It was actually uh, Emerson's dad who was calling you. Because. Yeah. <laughs> it, they, they had an exclusive or something, and they decided, oh, that to, holds yeah, they decided to give it to us the night of the release. Yeah, that, that was pretty funny. We ended up not getting for... Or did we? I can't remember. No, I think now. we did. We got it in the email. And no one had access to the email, and it was a big mess. Yeah. Well, well, if anything, uh, Andrew and and Ben, to ease your troubles, I, I think you're you're pretty good for a uh, an, a walk on role on a CSI. I think so too. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, know all this all this um, sticker what, looking. What, what, what other stories were big? Um, Goblin Fire getting the PG thirteen rating. Yeah. in the yeah. United States. It, we talked about big. that in the first episode. No, yeah, for actually, like what happened was, was second episode. I, 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 no, what happened was we talked about it in the first episode because in the first episode we said, "Well, what's the we movie?" Considered it. Yeah, we considered yeah. it, and I said it was to be rated PG thirteen, and you two, you two doubted me. And then you said, "Kevin said there's no way they would be shooting themselves in the foot." I remember that. Week, that. Later <laughs> yeah, that but... week, they said it was rated PG thirteen, and then the next episode it couldn't be on the throat in Kevin's face. So I'm doing it right <laughs> now, Kevin said. It was PG-13 in your face. But from what I remember of that episode, I said if they did make it PG-13, it would be because of the last scene. No, no, no. What you said in that episode was they weren't going to... Ask Eric. Eric has just listened to the whole episode. No, you just, you said that they were not going to make it PG-13 because... What did I say, Eric? Kevin Stack. Er, uh, you said it was right, but what I want to say... Um, yeah, Kevin, you're right and Ben's right. You're both right, and that's the solution to everything. But... What I want to say is... <laughs> okay, solution um, to everything. We're both... Yeah, I, I want to say that uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to instant message Kelly when we're done with this. Kelly Egan, our uh, resident uh, artist, and have her actually draw a picture of PG-13 being thrown in, in Andrew's face, like the giant letters PG-13. 
We're gonna yeah. so, okay. <laughs> have, have her having me throw it in Kevin's face. Okay. Okay. Oh, we'll, yeah, that we'll, just we'll get that out to you yeah. people. I, I think that would be a fun thing for the new year. But um, Emerson had spoken to David Heyman, the producer of all the movies so far. Right? All the movies? Which reminds and, us. Yeah. The interview with and, Jake um, David Heyman had said that they were aiming for a PG thirteen rating. Uh, PG thirteen rating. No, no, and no, no, PG. no, no, no. You're wrong about PG. This. He said yes, that you were going to keep told, it PG. I told Emerson. I said, I think the movie's going to be rated PG thirteen. And he said, No. I spoke to David Heyman, and David Heyman said that they were going to have all the movies rated PG. And so Emerson doubted me too. And. <laughs> I'm so just, maybe, guys, honestly, I'm but, just tired. I'm just tired of being right. <laughs> you know what? You know what, Ben? You <laughs> but have my the, point. You have oh, our you have, you have our mail from the PO box. So just mail us PG thirteen letters. Just mail <laughs> us stuff. Throw mail it in our face. But yeah. my point with that was that it was sort of unexpected. The, the, I, Warner Brothers didn't even expect it. At least it seems that way. Or when um, Emerson had spoke to David Heyman about it. Because think about it. Why would they want to make it PG-13? But I mean, guys, in a way... But, but Andrew, what you must realize is that it's not that big of a deal because it didn't hurt the movie at all. Because it, it's the second largest grossing movie because the, the audience has grown with the series and most of the Harry Potter fans, a large majority of them, are over the age of 13 right now. And so it... And if anything, it did help it because more uh, older kids said, hey, this is very PG-13, which, this isn't a kid's movie. Right, which was speculated in uh, in episode two. You even said that it might actually help it. But we're not going to go back on that topic again. So that that was definitely a big story of, of 2005. Um, um, JKR, the JKR interview and the delusional... Harry Hermione. Oh yeah. Oh my yeah. god. That was that was significant for Muggle Man. That was a big story. For Muggle Man, that was. Oh, yeah. that was terrible. Well, that was Emerson that was a riff. Visit J.K. Rowling on the night of the release was a big story. Emerson wasn't doing that. That was yeah. That was just online. That was all over the news. I mean, I was with Emerson. Yeah. And we did an interview with Soul Dad O'Brien from CNN's American Morning. I think it's called. And yep. That that was that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And Our then, live podcast. I actually made it into Emerson's local newspaper. That was you the did? best. Yeah, because I was with him when they did an interview. And he said, and the interviewer said, who's this kid right here? And he said, oh, he works on the website with me. And yeah, I made it in there. It was pretty cool. But Emerson was all over the news because of that. He was on TV left and right. Yeah, I remember that. And, <laughs> and he gave her a key to the city. So actually, this summer is when Emerson Sparks became famous. <laughs> <laughs> well, he got his five minutes. Well, no, he was already. He had yeah. There's news articles, or there was used to be on MN with, with him and the paper, so yeah, dating back to like 2000. So yeah, but also so, Emerson, the the tran- they transcribed the interview, which is up online now too. If you want to go back and review your J.K. Rowling information, because they did that just right after they read the book, so that would be a good thing to look at. It's too bad we couldn't hear the audio. I know they oh, they have yeah. it, but they can't release it. No, they're not allowed to release it. Yeah, it they're not allowed. The, uh, it was one of the stipulations. stipulations, so we could hear the tone of voice and stuff. But I I think we've been clued in from you know Melissa about you know JKR's tone and no that you actually brought that up Kevin in episode yeah two with Rab with yeah with Rab yep um, because it's R- very R- hard to uh, figure out what the tone was. Through the yeah. transcripts, uh, um, our our live podcast. Oh, that that, was, that that is a good story to talk about, though. That, that when was when R A B was leaked online. Yeah, that was another big one. 
Um, yeah, the Arcturus Black. Do we ever know what happened with that? Why Lexicon uh, what, just... What do you mean leaked, Ben? Well, because lexicon. HP lexicon, lexicon thing? posted... Yeah. His name was Regulus Alfred Black, and then... Yeah. Arcturus. Like magic, it disappeared. No, Arcturus, and Ben. And I remember... S- whatever it was. Someone sent us, in, sent us an email the other day pointing out that in one of the translations, um, the middle initial was changed to a different word that still meant Arcturus or That's something like really that. That's really cool. Yeah, which pretty much sums up that theory. I, everyone knows that it, it is, is serious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because he was there's, killed by Voldemort. And all there's that. no question at this point, so... I think he was personally killed by Voldemort, but that's just my own thing. I think Sirius underestimated his brother. Because, you know, Voldemort can't tell his followers that, you know, to, well, he can, but then he can't be descriptive. If they ask why, not that they do, but if they do, he'd have to tell them about the Horcruxes. I don't know. Our live podcast, guys. Talk about that. Well, but first, but first. No, because I want the video. Major. I want the video of it. The pre-show. We know it's pre-show, all that. But well, besides the pre-show. major is the... Just the release of our podcast. <laughs> that was new. <laughs> oh, well, MuggleCast before, before this year, there wasn't any Harry Potter podcast. Not us specifically. But or just podcasts in general, pretty much. For podcasts, yeah, have gotten popular. They, 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 they really started actually making a scene in late 2004, and then, you know, Twit came along and all that. Um, but MuggleNet has changed a lot, too. Yeah. Yeah, it really has. We got our HP encyclopedia. And about 500 layouts. Yeah, 500 new layouts. Yep. <laughs> I put all 500 new staff members. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that page is um, massive now. The eBay scam, which I wouldn't bring up, except I was just ripped off on eBay twice, so <laughs> I'm doing that. <laughs> the eBay scams. Well, you know, it's it, it, it's JKR and Eric versus eBay. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's... <laughs> hey, it's such a if I can... Problem, ha- Andrew, if I, I, if I can have her lawyer... I'll I'll do that. If I can have it's such a big problem that I don't even really think eBay could have stopped it. No, effectively. First of all, you really have no way of telling if the signature is authentic. If I took my signed copy, not saying that I do have a signed copy. Oh yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's unheard of. If I did have one and stuck it on eBay, would eBay automatically just assume it's fake? You know, like how do they know it's real? There's yeah, there's no way to to make sure. It's authentic. In, in order to get it. Truly authenticized, I guess you would call it. Authenticated. Authenticated, thank you. You're cutting that out. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> authenticized. No, 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 yes, you are. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. What, what you have to do is you have to go to an actual auction house like Sotheby's or something like that where they have an appraiser and they look at the signature and they make sure that it's authentic. You have to corroborate your story and stuff like that. Yeah, see, the thing, the thing a, is... Yeah, eBay is not bad. People are bad, and people who use eBay are bad. <laughs> exactly. So, so and, and to, yeah, if you're going to spend two thousand dollars on a signed copy of Harry Potter, you should be going to an auction house. You shouldn't right. be going to eBay. And they might not have as many. Or toast. You know, or toast. Oh my gosh! Exactly. But, <laughs> yeah. Or toast, Micah. Um, but yeah, they Sotheby's might not do auctions with signatures as often as people would like, you know, as or as many as people would want. But that's the only safe way. Yeah, but you can also go to certain appraisers that will will say this has been authenticated by me, and the appraiser has a you know history and a reputation. Oh, really? So yeah, you, so you, you can do that. Well, that probably costs a lot of money, though. 
Oh, I'm sure, but uh, well, you're making two thousand dollars on the book, right? It's worth spending two hundred to get it properly appraised. That's a good point. Not to mention, you should have it insured anyway because it's over a thousand dollars. So, well, guys, let's talk about New York City. What, what did you think of the Eric? What did you think of the live podcast? I thought the live podcast went incredibly well, Ben. I think the uh, I think we did an excellent job of keeping the fans. Uh, you know, uh, entertained while you guys sat around in the uh, movie theater. Uh, you know, Micah and I and Dylan were the only ones who didn't get in to see the movie. But so we ra- we ran around doing all the you know the grunt work, keeping the fans entertained. Pre-show will never be seen again. But the no, the podcast. Hon- <laughs> honestly, guys. Honestly, guys. The podcast went fabulous. Oh, no, everybody loved it. Okay, every I loved it. I sat in the audience most of the time, and it was just the best thing. Cause you know, in my heart, I'm a fan. Which you know, and it was just great seeing you guys. And I got a voicemail in. It was it was fun. I was very pleased with it. The fans loved it. We're doing more, and we get we really got our own. That was the first time. The, f- the real culmination where people from MuggleNet who had listened to our cast actually got together and congregated. I mean, sure, people at Spellbound were, you know, were, were like that to an extent. But I think this was the first time solely listeners of MuggleCast said, hey, Mom, can we go to New York? And they actually went there. Tell me what it was like to be stuck on 50th and One Way wearing your, um, <laughs> <laughs> wearing your, wearing your, your Gryffindor house robes. Well, Okay, Ben, that's an excellent question, and I, I'll enjoy answering it. Um, first of all, 50th and one way, that is, I have to credit this. I've been saying it so often, I never, never ever credit it. I have to credit Zach from HarryPotterFanZone.com, Zach and Andy, rather. Um, they were staying with Catherine from MuggleNet and I, and they had actually come up with the system, and the fact is that New York has so many one-way streets and signs that whenever you look up to find what street you're on, it usually says one way. So whenever you're giving cross streets in New York, it's always funny to say, well, I'm on so-and-so and and one way, 50th Broadway and one way, you know, stuff like that. Um, Walking along the street was fine. Nobody said anything. People, it's the interesting thing about New York is you can blend in. No matter how weirdly you're dressed, yeah. I'm, people have seen ten times more weird things in, in one day walking along the streets. So, you know, me and my Harry Potter robes, the kids liked it. There were little kids who were like, Mommy, Harry Potter, you know, and stuff like that. But basically, basically. <laughs> and you were like, yeah, yeah, hi, you want my autograph? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but I, I can't say I didn't. You signed it, Harry can't Potter. can't say I didn't fake a British accent once or twice, but, um. But yeah, no, uh, so I was just concentrating. I went to the Disney store, got the Mickey, and went to uh, Burger King, the only Burger King in New York. <laughs> There's like three of them, <laughs> three of them, a hundred McDonald's. Anyway, but yeah, uh, nobody jumped me or anything. It was just the cab driver. <laughs> the cat. Uh, Wait, are you sure nobody jumped I, you? I don't remember anything. That person who <laughs> came up to you with a knife, that's called jumping. Yeah, but no, that, th- but that was you. Jamie. I greeted him like a friend and, you know. Wait, where were you? Did you say 50th? No, I was... Micah's Micah's all, I know the location of everything in New York City. (laughs) Well, I don't think you can jump in 50th Street. Weren't you on, like, 11th or something like that? No, the Disney store was on 50th. I actually went to, I think it was uh, 5th Avenue. Yeah, it was 5th Avenue. And the cab driver, cab driver didn't understand what I said. Um, So I was looking for the Disney store, and... They, see, the thing is with information, they give you – or I asked for the address or something, but they don't give you – you have to ask for the cross streets or else you get lost. So I was looking for – it's just a long story. What do you guys think about 2006? What, what are we going to see in 2006? 
I hope to see a lot about book seven. Yeah, me too. Definitely. I want to. Well, J.K. Rowling, yeah, of course, because J.K. Rowling said in her little blog entry, her diary, or whatever she calls it on her website, she said that 2006 will be the year I write the last Harry Potter book. So I'm expecting, sort of like how we saw the title for book six at the end of 2004, will probably be, be the same with 2006. We'll see the title of... Well, you know what? At the end of, of book seven. Which is great. So we have something to look forward to next year. But also, um, Order of the Phoenix filming. Or should I say this year? Because um, Order of the Phoenix filming. We'll, we're going to be getting tons of information on that. Especially um, casting information. Even Luna. Yeah, that's the, the uh, big thing. Yeah. Casting. Starts, filming starts in February. So we're going to know Luna Lovegood yeah. in about a week or so, wouldn't you say? They said they were going to release that early January. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I love filming season. Because we always get tons of and, uh, and you know what? Yeah, lots of news. Yeah, that's always fun. And that's Emerson always gets invited to the set. Yeah. You know, and maybe we'll be so invited to, to that. Yeah, set. I hope we. That I hope so. Exciting <laughs> podcast from. By the, the way, what, what yeah. about the? Yeah, seeing as oh yeah, didn't didn't Emerson and Melissa visit the yeah. set? Yeah, in Glenville there was yeah, but don't recall. Now that we're I think the, yeah, now that we do stuff. Now what about uh her site? She said that she, J.K. Rowling said she was going to make updates on her site, didn't she? Or changes? Yeah, because, uh, for example, the fan side of the year. I mean, I mean the fan side of the month. <laughs> yeah. Whoops, it's supposed to be the it fan, is side, the of fan the, side of the year. It's the, this year it's, it's leaky. It's cauldron. leaky all year. Yeah, that definitely needs to be updated. Actually, I heard MuggleNet's getting um, in it again. Is what I heard. I yeah, <laughs> I heard MuggleCast is picking up. Oh, I have an, I I want to talk to Joe for a second. Um, hi, Joe. It's Andrew. Um, I just wanted to say that. Um, I really hope you recognize the podcast, Mugglecast and Pottercast, because we've really put a lot of work into it. And um, Email us. I just think it would be cool. Um, Love yeah, you, you, Joe. You call me. You know my number. I sent you a Christmas card. I hope you got it. Um, um, and we're on for next Friday? Okay. See you then. Okay. 6207084753. Call me, Joe. Okay, now on to the voicemails. This is the part of the show where we get you, the listeners, involved. Kevin, why don't you play us the first one? Hi, Mullo Pass. This is Tyler from Westwood, Massachusetts. Um, in book seven, Harry's probably going to face enemies before Voldemort. Do you think that he's going to be able to finish off the enemies before getting to Voldemort, or is he not going to be able to kill them before he would get there? I don't know if Harry would have, like, the will to kill people before he would kill Voldemort. So I was just wondering what you think. Thanks. I love your show. Bye. He'll have the willpower? Like, he won't be afraid to? I think it's a definite possibility. Well, who is he going to come in contact with? Who would be the people that... Snape and Bellatrix. Snape and Bellatrix. And and all the Death Mm, Eaters. I'd like like to see Neville finish Bellatrix off. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, me too. I think she's been building that up, though. Yeah, me too. Well, okay. If if he doesn't finish off these other enemies, how is he going to get the Voldemort in the first place? Yeah, no, I think he, yeah, I think exactly. he's going to have to finish off. Yeah, but do you think he's going? Do you think he's going to kill them, or he's just going to defeat them? Actually, I think he's going to tie them up and deliver them to Azkaban <laughs> in the gift tied package <laughs> for Will Christmas, maybe. No, I. I think um, it, it could be the case where Harry – if Harry starts accepting help in the books and he goes in you know, with all the R's and things like that, maybe they'll do the killing for him you know, and they'll take care of him because I, Death Eaters won't take – I think it takes death to, to get rid of a, a Death Eater, um, which sounds kind of funny. But they're not going to just they're, – they're not going to keel over. They're not going to 
uh, be defeated by, you know, a stunning spell, um, even though they were by the shrinking head and, you know, things like that in, in book five. But mostly I think they will have to be killed to be taken care of. Um, but Harry doesn't have to do that. I, I don't yeah, think that. And it's a valid point to make that there really isn't much of an Azkaban left, you know. The mm-hmm. Dementors have yeah. changed sides, so where are you going to put these guys if you don't That's exactly well, what I was going to say. Honestly, as long as you have Death Eaters alive, there's always a risk that they're going to cause harm. Right. And I don't see, I don't see Harry actually... I don't know how many of the Death Eaters actually have to fight until like the final battle, because I think a lot of the books just might be planning. I mean, we'll, we'll hear about the war going on outside of Harry, but he's, not, he's probably not going to put himself in jeopardy you know, basically going out and trying and to I truly search for Voldemort initially until he's ready to, for the actual battle. And I truly hope that he actually becomes a little more active in fighting wizards, you know? It seems like up until yeah. now he's been he's somewhat always laid been, back. Yeah, protected, he really has. A little too nice. And exactly. And it seems like he doesn't have any power. Well, yeah, Even though he's supposed yeah. to be one of the most powerful wizards in the world, he seems like he has you no know, power. The, not only the most. There have most, been points where he's just stood and not done anything. Yep. And just so. been attacked. Yeah. And although, if you think about it, all this weakness could be building up to the final Voldemort killing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's but had yeah, but even, even weak, when you know, Harry has... Not weak. Even but, when Harry has attacked... You know, it's only it's been things like Expelliarmus, and that's fine because I mean he proved that one snotty kid right that you know Expelliarmus helped him in the past. But that's not the point. But um, when in book in movie four and book four, when when Voldemort asked him if he'd been trained properly to duel, he hadn't. You know the the only yep. the the only dueling training was from Gilderoy Lockhart, the biggest stupid head in the world. You know, so well, no. What Vol- what, no, what Voldemort was talking about was just like the initial, you know, how you start off with the yeah, with the bowing. Yes, he was. Yeah, yes, he, was. he was using it as a mockery, but yeah. it still brings forth the fact that Harry doesn't know how to duel. Properly. Harry is inept. Although, okay, okay, I don't, I don't buy that for one minute because I don't think when you is, have when, to when is, learn how to duel part properly. He's he's fought. Yeah. It, he's yes. Fought all, all kinds it, of but, but ways, look at how he fought them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, look at by the a lot of, of the time neck. he's gotten out out of out of luck. Exactly. Yeah, but you need a little bit of luck with anything. You're not, you, but you luck luck d- luck runs no out. Just that do luck. Luck you, isn't going to help Harry defeat Voldemort. Yeah. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No. hundred percent. No. Not primarily. Yes, no. Not primarily. hundred percent luck. I. I no. No. hundred percent chance that it will happen. Not. Not that the oh. reason he's defeating Voldemort is because he's lucky. It's a hundred percent chance that luck is going to play a role in him defeating Voldemort. No, but that would totally will. undermine but his luck character is how development. He's, no. Yes, it true. would. Luck, luck is how he survived every time. Yes, it but luck, it's got to it come was, through was, that Harry can defend himself and not have to depend on luck. Otherwise, That's the right, point. But he's gonna need a, no, you need a little bit of luck with anything. I don't care a how A little bit of luck, are, but it's not going to be 100% yeah. luck that defeats Voldemort. I didn't say it was going to be 100% but you luck. Need you're taking what I said right out of context. I meant that there is, luck will be involved. There's a 100% chance that luck will be involved. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that I think if it is, and Voldemort's going to pair. I think if it is, it's going to be very minimal. Yeah, basically, I th- I still, I'm just saying that it'll play some role. Yeah, well, of course, of course it, will. it will, but he still needs more brawn than he's got right now. Yeah, or, or that we've mm-hmm. seen, or that we've seen him get, and and he needs to start. I mean, we've said this before; he's screwed. 
uh, he's he's inept and he's incompetent as far as we know, as far you know, at least organized battle. I mean, you know, every time he's gotten brazes, braziers on his neck, you know, and things like that from fighting, he can't keep doing that. Or he's going to die. Maybe that's the moral of the books. No. Maybe that's the moral of the books. Maybe if Harry dies, maybe if he takes Voldemort with him, but maybe if he dies, it's that, you know, he's he's been... He, he truly was a wonderful person and he could love, but at the same time he didn't study enough or something like that. No, 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 no. I think the reason that, that he's – the reason that he has come out of these battles not unscathed when he's had all these scars and stuff is because he has never been the one to force the battle. He's always got suckered into it. That's why I think with book seven he has to, he has to set the stage. Definitely. Yeah, he has to be on his own time rather than bending to the will of Voldemort. Like I said this a few episodes back, the reason that he ended up in the graveyard is because of the imposter Moody, who was a good guy, showed up with a port key and basically tricked everyone and he sucked into the graveyard. He was not prepared for that. Then we saw in book five when Lord Voldemort put the scene into his head, he wasn't prepared for that for that either. So that's what keeps happening. He keeps falling into Voldemort's traps. What he has to do is create a trap of his I agree. own. Because if I guarantee that if, if book seven happens on Voldemort's terms, that if the final battle is on basically in Voldemort's backyard, then Harry's going to I agree. Harry has to make sure it is planned out enough mm-hmm. to where it is on his terms where he can surprise the enemy rather than being surprised by the enemy like he's been in the entire That's what Yeah, we've it's got to be on his turf. That's what we're saying. I mean, he just needs to show that he can start doing that and start but, controlling but the I, situation. I think what, Ben, I think what they were trying to say was that they, no one wants to see him win by any amount of luck. They yeah. want to see him win consciously and fair. They want to see Harry win by himself without tripping over a rock and firing a curse that's going to <laughs> nail Voldemort in the chest. You know? I know. It, I know, but I'm saying what I, what the point I'm trying to make is we've kind of gone in circles here. Is that I think that there's going to be some degree of luck in, in luck involved because just like with anything in basketball, even you may have five of the best best athletes in the world, but if you have one night where everyone's off, then Ben, I couldn't agree more with that statement. Take the time when me and you verse, for example. You won by luck. (laughs) Oh, whatever. I beat him by. I beat him by fifteen points. I beat him in pool. I beat him. I I think. I think all of you have watched too many sports movies where it all comes down to the last shot with the buzzer, and you know the shot is next voicemail. Please, for the love of God, and (laughs) Mugglecast. Hi, Mugglecasters. This is Kathleen from Michigan. The other day I was discussing the Marauders with some of your other listeners, and we noticed the names on the Marauders' maps are from Tail Padfoot, then Prongs. Prongs being the first to die, then Padfoot, backwards on the map. Do you think this is significant of who's going to die in the seventh book? Thanks. Absolutely not. No, I this is the voicemail. Ben, this is the voicemail I've been waiting for. It's this backwards, is- though. Yeah, it's it's backwards compatible. <laughs> you want take this one? <laughs> I just think it's a coincidence. I do too. I think it is. I think too. it's. I, I don't think because okay, with anything in the Harry Potter books, anytime someone finds something that may be a coincidence, just like on Mark when, when J.K. Rowling announced the title last year around Christmas, people tried to find some way to add up the amount of Christmas pre- tree, like presents underneath the tree, the amount of ornaments on the tree, divide it by seven because that's a magical number. <laughs> add four to that just because there's four branches on the top of the tree. Then you divide it by five because there's a five point star at the top, and that gives you seven sixteen oh oh five oh four oh four oh five. <laughs> and Muggle Cat yeah. Stafford. For MuggleNet staff, for Calissa did that. Yeah, and I thought that is absolutely absurd. That is, 
You're, you're trying to yeah, twist it, it yeah, to make it fit what you want. No, but, but, I but this isn't such a large... Okay, okay, actually... No, ben, actually... If, this, this isn't, isn't such a large <laughs> twist. It's this is actually pretty, pretty good. Okay. This is okay. This reminds me of English class where the teacher tries to make everything symbolize. That's something. because everything. The word the doesn't have to symbolize something. The amount of times my router light blink, blinks within the next, next minute doesn't have to symbolize something. The, it being backwards does not have to symbolize anything. It does not have to be a coincidence. It but is, that, that's, how, that's exactly but what ben, it is. It is just a coincidence. It is no. It is the, just the oh. names themselves. Ben, you got to slow yeah, down. Ben, you ben, have to calm down. Ben, it's Eric. Yeah, You're if becoming this were, your worst enemy. Yes, exactly. And but anyway, sorry. Okay, I think this is this is I, th- maybe your rant would be a little bit more appropriate on another voicemail. I think this is pretty cool. I think it's an actual book-centered thing. If they're they're listed, why couldn't it be uh, Wormtail, Mooney, Prongs, and Padfoot? That sounds cool. Or or Wormtail, Padfoot, Prongs, and Mooney. You know why? Why is it that way? Well, maybe just because it sounds right. I think that's the right answer. But Two of them have died. Two of them are left. What's to, what's to say if Wormtail doesn't die first? You know what? Then I, I'm going to write a letter to J.K. Rowling and say, Joe, you know what? I'm proud you put them in reverse order because that was a big plot clue that I missed the entire time. <laughs> you know, that, that was a big plot spoiler. Eric, I think you spoiled the book for everyone. Okay. No, it wasn't me. It was, <laughs> that, it was Kathleen. It was Kathleen. Call me, call me Mr. Negative, but... I think that I've, is I, – I, I see people making that connection, and it'd just be a weird coincidence. But it's not like I think there's a key to the series in that. No. She's not saying that, <laughs> no, though. Well, there She's could be. She's not saying that. It's true. You just got to take it in consideration. If it happens, it happens. I have to mention – exactly. Remember, Ben, it, when she wrote in one of the earlier books that Voldemort's soul was fragmented. I can't remember her wording. And everyone took it as like a – you know – it was oh, a symbolic she, meaning. Yeah, and like then it turned out to be literal. Exactly. I know, but but how? What what symbolism can you draw from a being in reverse order? I'm with that's, Ben on this. It's not that. supposed yeah. to be. Thank I you, mean, Thank if you. it turns out to be true, I will be the first person to step up and say I was wrong. But, but even if it does, come I just true, think it's a coincidence. Does she, did she even intend it that way? No. I yeah, I mean, it, it could no. be a complete coincidence. Look, guys, it I'm really not could. saying I'm not saying yeah. this is a, a major plot line. Oh my god, you know. Oh my god, what what the f horsey bird? Okay, on this, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I, I'm saying that. <laughs> If it happens, it'll be cool. It doesn't have to be the biggest thing since Voldemort's soul is fragmented. It doesn't. All this person is asking, and I think I'm right in, in asking this too, is, you know, wouldn't that be cool if that happened? And do you think – exactly what she said. Do you think this is significant? And I don't think it's like the key to the books is, you know, Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, Prongs backwards. Whatever, Eric. Eric, you do too. You do too. I know you do. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we'll just have to see. Next voice, okay. one, please. Well. Hi, my name is Valerie from Virginia, and I have a, um, I love your show, first of all, it's awesome. Um, I just have a question about the Imperius curse. Um, why is it that Harry can fight it off so easily when, um, Mad-Eye Moody, the real one, can't, when, even when he's, like, so much of a more powerful wizard than Harry? Um, and this might also raise questions if there's different levels of powerful curse. Um, thank you so much for your show. I love it. Thank you. Bye. I think this is a brilliant voicemail because, uh, indeed, a, an Auror, and especially Mad-Eye Moody, you know, the most, he's supposed to be very powerful and very accomplished. He can't fight the Imperious Curse from Crouch Jr. 
But when Crouch Jr. puts it on Harry, he says, you know what, maybe I don't want to jump on the table. It seems like a silly, stupid thing to do. So basically, I, I think it's brilliant because, she, you know, clearly Mad-Eye Moody, who's an R, is much more powerful than Harry, which is what we were just talking about. Um, and, you know, why can't Harry... Why why can Harry fight the Imperius Curse? I think it has something to do with his independence and the importance of his independence as a wizard and as how different he is from everybody else. I think I think it just and I also th- yeah yeah I agree with what you're saying. I also think it's something to do with Joe trying to show that he's really gifted because like we talked earlier about luck, how some people think well he just escaped out of luck he's he's going to amount to nothing, but in reality what. It, he really is a, a powerful wizard, and maybe this is one of the gifts he got from Voldemort. Maybe mm-hmm. Voldemort's able. Yeah. I'm sure Voldemort's able to do the it, same thing. And when he transferred over the scar, he transferred over basically him becoming a parcel tongue. Why couldn't he transfer over the ability to resist curses that he that the mind just thinks are ridiculous? Exactly. Like that? I think that's a brilliant interpretation, mm-hmm. Ben. I and agree also, completely. If yeah, Harry has been given things as well. Um, like parcel tongue, and maybe like this, and maybe also like the good Patronus. Remember, I. Uh, they were shocked in book five to figure out that he could produce a, a fully, whatever, uh, fully formed... A corporeal. Yeah, corporeal. corporeal. <laughs> Patronus. They were like, what what the heck? And that's another one of the things that he was always just always good at, always good at Quidditch, like his father. You know, some things just carry on. And I, I also think... Do you, do you think Voldemort was good at Quidditch? I doubt it. <laughs> well, that's that's why it came from his father, you see. I so wonder. it could have come from Temple Play. That's like asking, can Voldemort produce a great corporeal Patronus at you know, and at age 13? Because Harry could. It doesn't mean it came from Voldemort. Could have come from his father, like Quidditch. I also think it's one of those subtle reminders that Harry is a powerful wizard, but he's not showing his full potential yet. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just a reminder that he has the potential. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we've we seen Harry scream his lungs off at Ron and Hermione and stuff. I, I, I just want... He's taken them down. He's PWN'd them. He needs to PWN Voldemort and some of the bad guys now. Good morning. This is Chad from Grand Rapids, Michigan. One of the many things I've been curious about is what was the occupation of James and Lily Potter? You seem to have accumulated enough wealth, yet I don't imagine the Order of Phoenix paid for your services. Any thoughts? Also, on a side note for wizarding duels, how about Fred versus George? Have a nice night. So I was actually intrigued by this question because I thought it was interesting. And as it turns out, J.K. Rowling does mention, has mentioned, whether it's on her official site or in a in an interview, that um, James actually did inherit uh, a large sum of his fortune. So that pretty much answers that question, um, which would answer why he didn't he wouldn't have need needed a well-paying job. Um, anyone have anything to say? But, but I'm sure they I'm people? sure they had jobs, but yeah, but but however, yeah, but she, Joe's never mentioned what they have done, and um, I was actually reading a couple of articles because I'm so intrigued by this, and um, uh, one theory was that James could have been a professor at Hogwarts. I don't think that's true. Defense against, I don't think so either. Uh, if he was... I think we would against, know, well, okay. we? Yeah, it would have been mentioned. We, we, we would have known. He shot down at, there, Andrew. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why? Be, how, because wh- what would have been because that is a huge legacy. Yeah. And yeah. J.K. Rowling would have mentioned that if Especially if Harry his father was, was a teacher. If Harry was... Yeah. And especially... Well, especially no, no, Andrew, listen. Especially in book six, when we found out that Voldemort 
basically a cursed position when Dumbledore denied him of it. We would have Dumbledore probably would have said, "Well, Harry, your your father took up that job, yeah. and the year he the year he was killed." I, that, yeah, I think he true. definitely would have known. But if you think about it, like Harry's so good at defense against the dark arts, and he ends up teaching people in Hogwarts about defense against the dark arts. So don't you think it's completely possible that that was a little hint as but to James? No, I think wasn't that's James just gifted at transfiguration. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that he was. was yeah, it, he was transfiguration, and Lily yeah, but that was charms mean he had to teach and potions. It. His I wand. Think. Well, yeah, Lily was potions. We've already talked about that. Yeah. Um. But, okay, my yeah, days ruined. The the most obscure thing we found out about James at Hogwarts was that uh, he was a seeker or whatever for the house house team. Um, I thought you know, he was. A he, it, they changed it in the movie. They changed it in the movie, which is why. But in book five, wasn't he playing with the snitch? Yeah, but I think so, she also answered that somewhere. She did. She she said that whatever just it because is, he was playing. Yeah. yeah. Just because he was playing with the snitch doesn't mean he's a secret. Right, but he was on the Quidditch team, and and everybody who tells Harry says, you know, oh, your father was great at Quidditch. Um, and you know, I was just thinking about they actually died pretty young, didn't they? Yeah. So they wouldn't yeah. have, they wouldn't have had time to really get a job. Are we assuming though that because James had money that Lily didn't work either? No, maybe we are assuming uh, that since I don't know well, the kind of character that. I've gotten the idea that James and Lily are. I don't think that they would not have jobs. I think that they would do it just because it's something that they would feel they had a necessity to do. You know what, guys? Kind of like J.K. It's, it's just husband, It's just part of being he, an adult, having a job. Right, like, like J.K. Rowling's husband. J.K. Rowling has billions of dollars. He wouldn't have to work. But guys, still, guys, exactly. guys, I got it. you go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. But and it, it wouldn't look good in the media either. It looked like he not was to mention if wife. you notice, <laughs> everyone in the order currently has a job except, of course, Sirius. Before he died, you know, he was the only one who was unemployed. But yeah, but uh, Lupin to... was unemployed for those people who are going yeah. to bash yeah, him about that. So he wasn't. He wasn't. Fletcher. That's true. Actually, I, you know what I think? I think that. Aunt Marge was right all along. James was a drunken guy. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm gonna get massacred. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next voicemail. What? But hold on, wait a second. What was the huge? We still haven't really touched on this very much. What was the huge thing that was supposed to be revealed about Lily? Because I, I know was going it. back to work on the. What is it, Eric? I know what it is. Um, what is it? L- Lily's good at potions, right? Yeah. And 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 James is good at transfiguration. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, everybody sit down. Take a deep breath. I know what it is. I've found the key. i found what Lily and James... You better be serious about this. What I'm is it? dead serious. I know what they did. What is it? It was drugs. Okay. <laughs> no, it was it was drugs. Funny. Lily made funny. them, and, okay. and, and and James disguised them so what that they wouldn't get caught. The That's, that explains that the fortune. Were, were, were that explains the were, fortune. Maybe she explained it, and we just didn't see it. I don't know. Exactly. Not realize it until I don't understand. Is what? is Harry's looking in this book all year long? Don't you think he would know Snape's handwriting by now? He should, because it, it, it says depends. It, it says it looks I mean, from handwriting that looks. How much familiar. does he really focus it, in potions? You know. And also, Snape. What does Snape do? He probably he may do it magically, or he Which could. Is true. When yeah. he hands back a paper with a grade on it, it may just say F A B. What whatever the English grading system is, and you can't really tell about their handwriting then yeah. because. It's not when, when you write write a big A at the top of a paper. It isn't 
your style when you're writing a letter That's to someone. True. Not to mention, it's always a possibility that Snape's handwriting could have matured. I mean, yeah, I know it, it was who... quite a while because he sure yeah. hasn't. He had been a teacher for how many years after he wrote that book? So we all. <laughs> but that's the thing. Once if he, he wrote, it, he took it with him. He must have continued to update it or at least kept it close to him because it was in his potion cabinet. So he must have had it with him when he became a teacher. Do you think? Because he left it in his room. I mean, obviously, I don't think he was. I, he didn't use it recently. Otherwise, he would have remembered to take it with him. But it was in the cabinet. You yeah, know, and, and he. You know, so where would it have gone from his school bag to the cabinet in the past that he would have been opening it or looking through it or using it last? Hey, this is Michelle from L.A., California, and I just was wondering what um, what you guys shipped, like what you thought was going to happen between two people um, before J.K. Rowling crushed your dreams in life, sadly. Um I just thought I'm one of the sad people who wanted Harry and Hermione and Ron and Luna and Neville and Ginny, but you know what? That's just me. So uh, Merry Christmas and have a nice life. Bye. <laughs> That's a dangerous I, I love No, no one I, say the D word. It, okay. It, it, I, I killed everything last week or two this weeks ago is with the a, otter and the weasel. <laughs> yeah. This is dangerous, but you know what? I love the way she said I. Uh, J.K.R. crashed her dreams. I I love that. It, it makes her so criminated. Like like J.K.R. Just, just goes around and, and takes pleasure in crashing dreams. It's great. I love it. Well, um, actually, I was I okay. I I knew it was going to happen within canon because I mean it all depends on what you define as a shipper. Some people think a shipper is someone that you like. Do you actually firmly believe that's going to happen in the series, or do you just like having those two people together? For example, I've read plenty of fan fiction where I like the Harry-Hermione relationship. I think it goes very well together and adds a certain dynamic to the story. However, if you get down to the actual... Like I said, I'm a realist here. I think that in, in the actual books, it's quite obvious that it's Harry, Jenny, Ron, Hermione, and there's no debate about it. And that, that's just my... Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um... Now, while I'd always pretty much figured that it was going to be Harry Ginny, I always kind of liked the idea of Harry Luna just because I thought it would be unusual. Oh, God, Harry Luna. And something I, that people I wouldn't so see too. coming. Yeah. He, you know, yeah, he thinks she's crazy, but if he can get past that, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think Harry and Luna shippers have the uh, the veil that they share that, you know, hearing the whispers. They at least have that down in canon. But I think that there's a point to them sharing too much with the death thing to the be festivals. able to stand being with each other. Yeah. yeah. I think we're going to find be a pretty depressing though. couple. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Cho, exactly. Cho and Harry are a depressing couple because that's just, but yeah. No, but... But ha- apart from that, Harry and I don't Luna have can, any problems They with can it. both see Actually, guys, I was a... I was a Harry Andrew Sim shipper. Oh, oh, me too. No way. Yeah. That was a popular yeah, idea. Because that that's all so over the canon. I just walked that's... away, too. Good thing I came back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway. No wonder Harry was so ticked off in Order of the Phoenix. I, <laughs> well, I have no comment on shipping. There are some pretty good ships, though, for, for the Bubblecast people. Oh, God, no. Me and Hermione, Eric and Barty Crouch Jr. <laughs> 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 You know what? I'm going to clarify this. Next, no, no, Ben, Ben, I'm going to clarify this once and for all. Barty Crouch Jr. was evil when he left Azkaban. 
It's that simple. He was a bad <laughs> okay, guy when he left not... Azkaban. All right, so I'm really excited about our next two voicemails because they are going to kick off our brand new, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. Well, don't segment. say we're going to do it every week. Well, Just say a brand new segment. I, I think we are. I think we're going to have plenty. Advice with we're us. We're starting a new segment. Wait, Eric, come on, seriously. We're starting a new segment this week called Advice with MuggleCast. This is going to be the part of the show where we give you, the listener, advice on your Harry Potter dilemmas. Say, for example, you're in a dilemma where none of your friends, all your friends, think you're crazy for liking Harry Potter. We're here to help you. We're here to help you. So, uh, we have two pre-recorded, well, we have one pre-recorded one and another one that relates to the show. Um, But each week, at a specific time that um, I'm going to put in the show notes... Um, you get to call in one two one eight twenty magic and ask for our help with your Harry Potter dilemma. Um, we're gonna record it for you, and then we're gonna put it on the show. Yeah, you guys like this, huh? Yeah, I think it's, I, we're always. I think. I think, <laughs> I, I think for I, all I, years. No, I, but I, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be pretty fun. So, um, that sounds a little pedophile, Ben. Listen. Let's listen to the first one now. This is going to be pre-recorded, but the rest of them, we're going to actually talk to the people. Okay. Let's hear the first. Hey, MogoCast boys. It's Laura and Lucy, and we're cousins from Maine. We love the show, and we were wondering if you could help us out. Our friend Molly doesn't like the HP series at all, and we obviously love it. Do you have any tips for getting her to read the books? Thanks a bunch, and lots of love to Andrew. Yeah! Yeah! Bye! Okay, dear Laura and Lindsay... Who cares about your friend? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Laura Lindsay, what, what you should do about Molly is I think you should get her to see the first the first few movies. Well, because you didn't really – I don't think you really explained to us what she's seen right now, why she doesn't like it. But you have to remove that barrier somehow. If it's just because she's basically been overexposed to it through the media and she gets sick and tired of hearing about Harry Potter – well, she needs to figure out what the craze is about because I kind of felt the same way at first. I heard about all the books and stuff, and my friend started reading, and I said, what are you doing? What? No, no. I, I made fun of him for it. And then one day I needed a book for SSR, and I just said, give me – I just read a book, and then I said, wow, now I see why these millions of people love it. To tell him, here's what you tell him. You say, Ben Shane can't be wrong, okay? You say, the millions of people who are reading this book right now cannot be wrong, and I think that's the truth. Okay, what I would say is – Give her money to read the first book, okay? Tell her, I'll give you $10. Mm. No, just listen. $10 to read the first book. Because once she's read the first book, she's going to be hooked. So you you say, after you complete the first book, I'll give you $10. If you don't like it from then on, you don't have to read the rest of them. Molly's going to like that book so much, she's going to tell you to keep her money. She's going to be paying you. She's going to be paying you to... <laughs> Well, I have a couple of things. Uh, First of all, don't force it. Because the more you force it, the more obstinate Molly is going to be and not want to read it. Uh, The next thing is, one of my best friends on the planet used to hate Harry Potter. I would wear my Gryffindor shirt to school, and she would point at it and be like, burn it. And I was like, okay. And one day I was just like, okay, how about this? You give me a book that you love, and I'll give you the first Harry Potter. And we'll both read them by the end of the week. She was hooked, and I was hooked on the series she got me into. So, what series was it? So make a compromise. It was uh, the Red Wall. The Red Wall series. No, I don't know. 
Well, I, I okay. Well, we gotta close this up. I sure hope that helps you, Lauren Lindsay. Sincerely, the Mugglecasters. <laughs> Hello, this is Haley again from San Antonio, Texas, and I was calling, um, probably on behalf of many people, because I have an MP3 player. I don't have an iPod. Um, it's hard to find time to listen to your program on a computer when I have such a busy schedule as many people do. How do I either convert or find a way to put it on my MP3 player? It, um, MP3 players can't use iTunes, and that's what everybody knows yours is being available through. It says on your page that you can listen to it on any CD player, computer, or MP3 player. It's just a question. Um, you can... I don't know. If you can find some way to tell me, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. I love your show. Bye. Well, this is a good question because everyone assumes that podcasts only go on your iPod, and that is not true. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you know how. I would hope. But for those of you who are wondering, it can go on any MP3 player. Just treat it like it's normal song. Pretend well, like I think I think the problem she's having is that she uses iTunes to catch it, but because they can't use iTunes. Well, if you direct oh. download it, if you direct oh. download it, well, if you direct yeah. download it from the site, so, you can just add it to your MP3 player like normal because it's just, it's just an MP3 file. Um, but, but we do have a solution for you if you want to continue uh, using iTunes, which we do appreciate. Um, all you have to do is go to Start and then My Music, or if you're using Mac, you just uh, open up a new Finder window and hit music on the left click on the folder that says itunes then click on the folder that says itunes music then click on the folder that says podcasts and each podcast that you subscribe to will have its own folder in there so click on mugglecast then each episode that you have downloaded is in that folder so all you have to do is click and drag these into your mp3 playing program um or you can do the same thing if you're burning a cd um, so they're right here, they're just like normal songs, they're MP3s, so all I gotta do is drag and drop. So that wraps it up, so don't forget, uh, check in the show notes for the time to call us, and we will answer your questions, uh, about your HP dilemmas. Anything, but they have to be related to HP, and we will hang up on you if they're not. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love this show, click! Don't waste our time. We don't need to know about your relationship problems. Becca Sims, don't be calling it. Okay, um, oh, um, okay, so just a couple quick announcements. As it is just past the holiday season, a lot of new people have gotten iPods, a lot of people from iTunes. Myself included. See what I'm saying? So, yes. So, welcome all new listeners, thanks to the holiday season. I'd just like to say welcome to you, the new holiday listener. Um, and then also, what else? Uh, just, just, um, just reminder, P.O. Box. P.O. Box 223, no, MuggleCast, P.O. Box 223, Mount Ridge, Kansas, 67107. We had quite a stuff sent in over the holidays, quite a few Christmas cards. Someone even sent in candy canes. Thank you, Lisa, for sending in those candy canes. They're very delicious. I might send them to the other people. And then <laughs> You ate some, them all, admit it. I didn't eat all of them. But someone, let me get her name real quick, because this is very remarkable, and she definitely deserves a major thank you for sending this to us. Uno momento. Okay. A very big thanks goes to uh, Katie from I forget, from El Ellicott City, Maryland. 
and she sent she did a report on Harry Potter versus Christianity, comparing and contrasting it, and how God fits in with Harry Potter and all that stuff. And she sent us all of her old books, nineteen of them, and the box was so heavy I about passed out just carrying it to my <laughs> friend's car. <laughs> That's not the only reason I got passed out, but we can't go into that. But <laughs> yeah, oh my so God. it was a very big box, and so thank you for sending those to us. Thanks. So continue, continue to send yeah, stuff in. We, I'm still we really on my appreciate that gift card. <laughs> <laughs> and um, also, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for everyone who we got. We've gotten a lot of extra emails lately. I've noticed a lot of you know, like I love the show, blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. We thank everyone. And a reminder: we are reading every single one of your emails. We just don't have time to reply to them all. So please There's keep sending. We try. I just feel, we really do. I feel bad because yeah, sometimes people send in really long emails, and we read them. I read them. Sometimes a few of us read them. Um, we just don't have time to reply to them all, so keep them coming, and we really do appreciate all of your support, of course. 2006, guys. It's yeah. going to be a great year. fun year for So, Andrew, Andrew, how about we do a dueling Mongol club casting. for 2006? Yeah, let's finish it off with the dueling club. Mikey, you had a, uh idea. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll start with, how about Umbridge and McGonagall? McGonagall. Ooh! I wouldn't yeah. even call this a duel. I'd call it a cat fight. <laughs> I say McGonagall yeah, all the way. Yeah, I, cat fight. Yeah, because I, would, I think Umbridge is very. I don't think she no, exhibited <laughs> uh, much the, talent. The power, because for for example, if it was, you know, when she basically got overtaken by by the centaurs, I, I think McGonagall is in the same situation. Well, first of all, she wouldn't be in that situation. Second of all, if she, somehow she got caught in it. She would be able to fight him off, I think, or find a way to escape. Well, yeah, but I'm, very I'm powerful. I mean, you I'm know, pretty sure. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, well, you know, centaurs are very powerful people. I just wanted to say that Umbridge would lose because she's the kind of person who sits in her chair and gets very angry to herself and fumes. And if there's anything she can do on her powers, she'll do another stupid educational degree 21 saying that she has PWN McGonagall. You know, that that's how she'll deal with it. But McGonagall said, McGonagall said to Umbridge that, you know, I'll train this boy up if it's the last thing that I do to make sure he's nor, you know, all that crap. McGonagall is dedicated. McGonagall PWNs. Umbridge. Not to mention, how many times have we seen Umbridge do anything for herself? She's always finding yeah, minions. I was, I, was, I was just going to say, I don't think she really has experience. No, she doesn't. Yeah, she, she gets, She's she incompetent. Get, like, Goyle. Yeah. So... Although and apparently, and apparently McGonagall is a pretty powerful. Oh, she witch is. Because don't you remember, don't you remember in book yeah. five after she got sucker punched by all the stunning spells from the Ministry? Uh, who was it? Madame Pomfrey said that no one could take Minerva McGonagall if she had, basically was aware of what was happening. If it was like a real duel, she wasn't. Not to mention, you know, she's not she exactly a spring the, chicken, the and the fact that she was able to take all those and come out of them, you know, fine, is pretty remarkable. And about that, about taking spells, and all, I'm not trying to spark a whole new discussion, but we all know that would take more than one stupefy to stun Hagrid. Would it take more than one Avada Kedavra to kill Hagrid, do you think? No. I don't think so. No. That's, I don't think so. Avada Kedavra kills because Hagrid, Hagrid in many ways, even though he's loving, Hagrid in many ways is incompetent in certain ways uh, He's because he's only been through, through what, two years of school. Or so. So in, there's some things that students, even students, will have over him, and that's just you know based on whatever. I uh, 
Avada Kedavra killed, I'm sure, many good R's. You know, Avada Kedavra is good enough to kill the best of people. So I think... I think right, Hag- but I'm just talking about the, the sheer size of Hagrid. Well, it's also been mentioned body. that um, giant skin is sort of like a repellent. Yeah, but do you think it's it a repellent? It bounces spells off of all it. Spells. I don't know. It really... It depends on if the spells are at a higher level than what a stupefy spell would be, and I think it's possible that they are just because it requires so yep. much hate to See, be that's... able to cast one. And I think if you've got right, enough but... hate to cast a Vodakadavra, then it's very possible that that could do Hagrid in. You know, right, but Hagrid is... We have to realize here is Hagrid's half-magical creature, and mm-hmm. that, that may play a part, oh, too, because... Oh, it's definitely do, do, valid. Do you think that... Do you think that if they tried to Avada Kedavra a dragon, it wouldn't work? I guarantee you one couldn't take it down a dragon. I don't, I don't care if it's Lord Voldemort, the most no, powerful no, wizard. No, Ben, the, you're wrong. You know why? One because... of those powerful wizards of the age. Uh, they couldn't take down a dragon okay. with one spell. Ben, I, I, I disagree with you for two reasons. Um, if there were a magical creature whose skin were thick enough or whose size was big enough to repel Avada Kedavra, they would start selling Hagrid skin coats. Yeah, it's or true. Or Hagrid skin vests. And know, everyone you know, would Avada be wearing That's true. Dragon they would... scale armor or something like that. You know, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. if, it could, if it could, if it, you know, and the fact is, point. Hagrid, even though Hagrid's big, he's still, and you know, he's a big guy, big physical creature, he's still only one life. One person, one soul. You know, kind of like that. No, but so, I think it would be ridiculous to think that if you shoot an Nevada Cadaver spell at a dragon, that it's going to drop. Yeah, but we don't we happen. don't exactly know how dragons take spells. Anyhow, the only thing we've ever heard and we don't know how, is that um, we don't know how. is that their weakness is their eyes. That was from Goblet of Fire. That's the only killed, thing we know. Right, but we don't know how. We don't know how exactly. How if you if you were, if you were to buy a dragon skin vest or something. That or the creature it's actually, itself. Yeah. The skin is that is what's repelling the spell. I think it's the creature itself and the size, which the, just the sheer size of the of the body of the person. Because, for example, if I was to take a baseball bat and whack Kevin Steck upside the head, <laughs> it would be a lot more like a, a steel bat. It'd be like more, like a lot a more likely to kill him than if it was. A, dra- a, bear. A, bear dra- a big dragon or something. Ben, forgive That's my French. Saying, where the hell do you get this? You're, you're I think everyone's bringing up really force. valid points here, and that would be a good question to ask Joe. Let's ask Joe. But Dear Joe, there's still <laughs> no, we, we have a problem. There's still one Let's call her up right I'm just now. Wondering if... Let's Skype out Joe. No, no, no Joe, Joe, Joe listens to the show, so I'm sure she'll answer it for us. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <don't> girlfriend. <laughs> okay. Um... Do we want to do the uh, other Who else? Thing? 46 minutes. Fred vs. George? Is that a good one? Do we yeah, even know enough know. about their yeah. individual magical abilities? Yeah, we don't. Well, I don't think we, I don't think about we the do. Two. They've, they've, yeah, they've yeah, always been true. referred to as one. I think right. they'd yeah. be a square match. Yeah. 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 What, mm-hmm. what about the clever. two ministers? Do we have enough to That's go good. on with those two? Yeah, because Scrimjow would kick ass. Not Scrimjow. Fudge doesn't do anything. Fudge ex- Fudge hides everything from the public, and he's incompetent. And he sends owls to Dumbledore every day because he doesn't know how to run the place. He sucks, just to be frank. <laughs> well, actually, Scrimgeour would win, wouldn't he? Because didn't he used to be the head yeah, of Yeah, I would say that yeah, Scrimgeour would, would win, just because... Totally kick his butt. He, Scrimgeour, like Fudge, is very focused on the all-is-well uh, facade, but I think he still has more experience... And more talent than Fudge. 
Fudge is an all-is-well person because he sees that as reality. Scrimjower has been through too much crap to realize that life isn't like that, and he can handle himself. You know, Fudge is like, oh, Voldemort can't be back. That's just not happening because... Yeah, but Scrimjower is still trying to get Harry to come and, you know, tell everyone that everything's okay. That's what he was trying to do throughout the whole book, and that's not what needs to happen. People need to understand the reality. Right, but that doesn't have anything to do with. You got to realize. No, no, no. I'm just saying that, like Fudge, he is kind of uh, a liar. But I think that he's definitely far more competent than Fudge is. Yeah. Well, he's self-absorbed with well, basically the ministry Mm -hmm. and his best interests. What's going to make him look good? Yeah. Because Harry Potter basically went against Cornelius Fudge and said, published the stories in the Quibbler and all that, and said Fudge is an idiot. And if Look how how good would it be for Scrimgeour's PR if oh, he exactly. had Harry Potter saying how good he was on, on his own side. Right, mm-hmm. Scrimgeour is a politician, and that's what you got to remember about him. Which is why he's yeah. you know self-absorbed and things like that. And maybe not all politicians are like this, but you got to realize that's what that's who he is. So, but in a fight, he's definitely more competent. Oh, than I agree, one hundred percent. I think quite a few people are more competent than Fudge. Um, so on that note, I think this does wrap up the first. Ah, sure. Why not? Call it the first podcast of 2006. Ever. First Harry Potter podcast 2006, for sure. Well, that's for sure. Well, we just insulted our friends over at Pottercast. What do you think that they're going to try to do it, too? I think they will. No, they, no. They, could, they could touch this. <laughs> yeah, no way. We're, mug- we're, we're mugglet. We're mugglet. No one can touch us. <laughs> yeah. And last but not least, Goblet of Fire soundtrack winners. These are the people who entered our contest that we announced on episode 19, and they guessed the songs that we played quick samples of in the correct order. Uh, the order was The Black Lake, This Is The Night, The Quidditch World Cup, Rita Skeeter, and Neville's Waltz. And the winners were, I'm doing just by first name, Chris, Lynn, Missy, David, Shay, Nicholas, Darcy, Amanda, Faye, Donovan, Parak, John, Rafia, Jennifer, and Violent Midget. That's a weird one. You have all been notified by email, so congratulations. And sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. For right now, I am Andrew Sims. I am BenShane.com. I am Eric Skull. I'm Kevin Steck. I'm Laura Thompson. And I'm Micah Tenenbaum. We will see you next week for episode 23. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And welcome all you new iPod listeners again. I love you guys.
Hey, Mom and Pass, this is Katie calling from Scarborough, Maine, and I just thought I'd love to say I love your podcast. I listen to it every Monday. When I come home, I always update it onto my iPod, and I listen to it before I go to bed. And I just thought I'd like to say that, Jamie, I'm so glad you're back. I love your British jokes. And for Andrew, I am obsessed with your yes and all rights. I think they're hilarious. So keep up the good work, you guys. Bye. Hi, this is Fanfic Canale. I want to give a shout out to Andrew Sims. And I love Harry Potter. I can't wait till the next movie. Hey, this is JW from Jacksonville. And I just want to say that I was listening to your show on my CD player. And I hit stop and I still heard it. And I look next to me. And there's somebody else listening to Mumblecast. And I hear this telephone number. And I call it. And it is Mumblecast. I'm like... Whatever, you know, it's crazy. So I was only on episode 19, and this was on 20, so whatever. Love the show. Y'all have a great day. Bye. Hello, this is Haley from Padre Island, Texas. Um, I was just calling to say that I am very upset that Bemo was canceled. I love listening to Ben go on and on, on about Emma, and I think it's hilarious. So if you could give him 60 seconds to say whatever he wants, I think many fans would greatly appreciate it. And uh, I love your show, and I love all of you, and um, yeah, I'll... thanks, bye. Hey, very good idea. Excellent. Put me on. Can you get me on? Andrew's dad. That would be awesome. so much more now that I did then. MuggleCast is the best thing. Each episode makes me want to sing. They're analyzing everything for people like us. 
And I wish you'd stick around. There's so many theories to be found. Fun to analyze all nights. In our world of Potterites, Potter jokes make us laugh. We want Harry's autograph. Finding clues and brand new theories make us want to squee. Book seven makes us afraid. What'll happen to the world we've made? Can you see the beauty in HP? Nothing can ever change the beauty inside HP. And, and I, I wish you just stick around. There's so many more theories to be found. Fun to analyze all night. In our world of Potterites, time, 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 we're stuck here waiting again. Time. When will it be time for HP7? Oh, it's fun to analyze all night. Oh, you don't need sleep right. Oh, it's fun to analyze all night. In our world... The more we read, the more we spiel, wishing Hogwarts was real. Harry Potter isn't just for nerds, we should know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good. (laughs) That's pretty long. (laughs) It was six minutes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I think, uh, guys, this is, I'm proud of us. I am really seriously yeah, proud of us. This, this is good. Gone really this good. Is good. Yep. Wait, what? You know, and oh. I just said to myself, <laughs> "Audacity just broke." <laughs> no, it didn't. No, I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. Ben, yes, if is. you're screwing with me, I'm gonna kill you. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> 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 My heart just froze. I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I've changed my mind about taking a break next week." How could we give up this for a week? How could we possibly give up this for a week? Apparently, I'm the only one. No, it's <laughs> I, I, dude, I, I couldn't either. Life. It's become it's like part of my life. It's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my parents would like it if okay. we took a week well, off. <laughs> well, Laura, we're gonna build you a studio. I just don't know when. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Once we start uh, making some money. Ben, how are we gonna? Ben, how are we gonna do this? 
Here, let's stop it now, and we'll record it later. Like, Why? In, like, ten minutes. Let's I don't want to do it right now. Why not? Because I didn't get a drink and more come of on, my voice. I need an audience. Come let's on, just practice right now. Please, come on, come on. No, come I'm on. stopping. Stop audio. I really want to sing. I really want to sing. No, no we'll, do, we'll do it in a little bit. Yeah, stop recording. Yeah. Fine, I'll stop.